0: Morning, Phil. Good morning, Mike. How are you guys?
1: Morning, Larry. Morning, Mike. Good
0: morning, guys. Okay, U.S. mortgage rates jumped to the highest level in more than twenty years last week, hitting seven point oh nine percent for a thirty-year fixed loan, up from six point nine six the previous week. It's the highest since April two thousand and two. The climb in borrowing costs, combined with a critical inventory shortage in housing, has pushed housing affordability to its worst point since nineteen eighty four almost four decades ago. So what does this mean for the economy and the markets?
1: So first of all, um, you got to look at the lack of inventory as well. So you have a very unique situation going on in housing. So to fall to pre-pandemic levels of affordability, right, mortgage rates have to go down by 4%. Uh, Incomes must rise by 30%. And home prices have to drop by 30%. Not going to happen, right? So um, when, when you look at the housing market right now, I, I think the only way for it to get is down, I mean, you're seeing elongated sales times on the upper end, um, certainly, uh, especially in the northeast. You're um, seeing you know, uh, metropolitan northeast, specifically New York City, a lot of inventory there. In the southeast, uh, where the markets have been very hot and construction's been very hot, uh, you really see a push towards rentals uh, versus purchases. So it's a situation there. I mean, look, the percentage of housing related to GDP, um, x x rentals and whatnot, is around four to five percent, something like that. So uh, I would say it's not a huge problem for the overall economy as it was when you go back to the housing crisis, where you know, almost at one point, it was like uh, 30% related uh, to housing, GDP-wise. Um, so that, that percentage has really shranked. Um, but the housing market's going to face some trouble here. Um, when you have these rates, and I, look, I know, you know, if you're from the baby boomer's perspective, your first mortgages, you know, were in the teens and whatnot. Um, but you also had close to 20 years of mortgage rates at a sub-5% type of number. Um, And you had inventory. The lack of inventory, I think, is probably one of the major headwinds uh, facing this market right now. And I would expect prices to correct on the downside uh, and move down from there.
2: I think one of the issues that is confronting everyone is just the dynamics of the housing market and how quickly this has all shifted, right? Because there's a huge contingency of people who are locked into mortgages pre-mid-2021, of some three and a half percent and rates have gone up so precipitously, I can't fathom why some of these people would voluntarily forego these 3% mortgages to move and get into something at a higher rate at this current juncture. So I think that is largely why you don't have any inventory and the lack thereof on the market. Unless people start selling Airbnbs or secondary homes, I don't see how that changes.
0: Oh, that was a great answer. Thanks a lot. Okay, the second question comes from Bob in Avon, Connecticut. The stock market is down 5% from its recent high on July 31st. Will the coming downturn test the one-year lows, the three-year lows, or will it be worse? How long will the next recovery take? What's really
2: interesting about just the entirety of what has happened to the markets over the last, say, 12 to 18 months is 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 if you have ignored a lot of the fundamental dynamics and underpinnings. Now that's not realistic. But if you had just followed the traditional seasonal patterns and the presidential election cycle, the market has done almost exactly what is traditional. It's been a little bit more exacerbated in each direction, but you bottomed last October, and a lot of the seasonal metrics going into the third year of the presidential cycle, especially that time period between November and May were resoundingly positive and that largely has played out. Now, you are now at the position where you have a bit of a seasonal headwind as you head into the August, September time period where you always see a pickup in volatility. And if you look at the seasonal calendar, we peaked almost exactly when you would have expected to given the natural evolution of the cycle in spite of the fact that when you look at things on a fundamental perspective from an earnings standpoint, S&P 500 earnings are down almost 7.5%. So you're not really seeing this massive pickup and tailwind come from earnings. But the fact of the matter is you've seen inflation really decelerate. Now, what does this largely mean? It's I don't think it's a, a likely scenario that we see GDP deteriorate considerably going into the third and fourth quarter here. Obviously, China has a lot of problems right now. But the likely scenario that that could actually happen throughout the world is they could export deflation throughout the rest of the world if their economy really doesn't start to rev up. So I think we're going to see a seasonal correction here. The S&P, as you said before, is already down about 5% from its peak at the end of July. It wouldn't surprise me to go down around somewhere 7 7.5%, maybe even 10 but I do think that you know, when you actually look at the cycle, and you take a look at where the economy is standing, it wouldn't surprise me if the market was back close to and or surpassed the year-to-date highs going into the end of the year.
1: Absolutely. I would agree with that. Uh, How much more do you see in a pullback in the next uh, month or two?
2: I don't think it's likely without some major deterioration in the global economic data. A catalyst could be China having more of a liquidity crisis, but... I think that here in the United States, especially when you take into consideration the political calendar is about to start to accelerate with a lot of spending that happens around that time period. And the fact that things were quite bad in the fourth quarter of last year, uh, when you have easy comparisons that you're looking into in a lot of different sectors of the economy, um, I think that the prevailing trend as you get into the fourth quarter and you lap the seasonal time period. Yeah, all time. Again. which
1: is what we said over the year.
0: This from the so a 7% drop in earnings isn't a big drop?
2: That's a pretty big drop on a large scale. It doesn't really compare to some more significant recessionary time periods. But when you have stocks really expanding in terms of their valuations versus earnings that aren't moving up, usually you tend to experience pullbacks and corrections in that time period that can be a little bit more severe. But... I think a big dynamic of what happened last year was the fact that inflation was prevailingly high and you were looking at inflation trends that were higher than short-term fixed income rates. And that's not the case anymore. So I think a lot of fundamental things are back to where they should be on the inflation standpoint relative to interest rates. So I think that has a lot to do with the markets, correct?
1: Yeah, something like $5 trillion sitting in money markets now to fixed income, rate. A huge number of rates go higher. Let's face it, we're in a 5% world now. And that's going to be a little bit of a headwind. I think you know as that ten-year ticks higher here, um, you know, four point three zero, probably going to four and a half, maybe up to five. Larry Summers in Barron's this weekend talking about five to six uh, on the neutral rate, five is the neutral rate uh, on the ten-year. So uh, that's going to put some pressure here. You got bit five percent guaranteed, uh, even four point three zero, like we've bought in the past couple of weeks. That's those are
0: great deals for the long term. I mean, isn't that going to pull money out of the stock market where people are getting that guaranteed rate of return?
1: Well, you got a lot sitting in fixed income and cash right now. Anyway, I think that money will be the first to go into these. Uh, obviously, these money market rates being so high, um, you stay balanced. Right? I mean, you know, we you know that stocks uh, can perform. I think the the average yield of ten-year Treasury throughout history, it's been around four and a half to
0: five percent on average
1: past one hundred
0: years. Okay, well, thanks a lot, guys. Those are great answers. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at Tuesday dot com, and we'll be back next week.